This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. Now. The WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on Tuesday afternoon, April 26th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Fidelity Investments, breaking new ground, offering its customers access to Bitcoin. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the report on home prices for February is out, along with the latest tally on orders for durable goods. We're joined by Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services, based in Pittsburgh. Gus, thanks for joining us this afternoon afternoon. There are a number of reports about the inflation of prices uh, that give you pause, but when it comes to double-digit gains in this particular category as a homeowner, it makes you want to do a somersault. Uh, Big gains in in, in home prices and home values in the month of February. Uh, Yeah, so we saw house prices up about 20% year over year uh, in February 2022 compared to February 2021. Uh, Obviously, that's good news if you're a homeowner, your home is worth more. But if you're trying to buy a house, uh, particularly at a time when mortgage rates are rising, it does make it more difficult. And that does uh, pretend a uh, potential slowdown in the housing market. And uh, that, I mean, it, it seems like a slowdown is on the way. And if the problem is uh, lack of inventory and, uh, uh, and, and just too many people in the housing market, that's kind of a good thing. Yeah, I, I think what we'll see is, is that with higher mortgage rates and a big run-up in house prices, that we've seen that some people are going to get priced out of the market. Uh, we will see price grow slow over the course of 2022, uh, 2023 to a more sustainable pace, you know, mid-single digit, something like that. Uh, but uh, there's no question but that, that uh, reduced affordability of housing is weighing on home sales in the spring of 2022. And sales of new U.S. single-family homes tumbled in March uh, in response to uh, soaring mortgage rates, high prices, and a lack of inventory. That, that's right. I do think we will see more new homes being built this year. There have been some supply chain difficulties, uh, shortages of building materials. I think that they, those are getting worked out. And a greater supply of news home, uh, new homes, excuse me, that will also help uh, bring down price growth for existing homes because to some extent they do compete in the market. And then uh, durable goods uh, ticking up once again in the month of March after a couple of months of declines. Um, yeah, so I, I think, first of all, there are supply chain difficulties that have been weighing on production. Uh, certainly, we've seen that with cars and, and for other uh, big-ticket items. Uh, but I think the demand is there. It's coming from consumers uh, who still have cash to spend. It's coming from businesses that are looking to invest to make their workforces more productive. Uh, and even with higher interest rates, I think that uh, durable goods production 
durable goods demand uh, will remain strong this year and then into 2023 as well. And when it comes to inflation, it's not really doing a whole lot yet to dent the Americans' consumer confidence. The index is still high, uh, down just a little bit, but Americans still feel uh, good about their own spending plans at the present time, even if inflation may be weighing on their future plans. Um, that, that, that's right. I mean, I, I think generally U.S. households are in good shape, even with high inflation. We have strong job growth. We have good wage growth. Uh, many households have money saved up from the stimulus payments that they received in 2020 and in 2021 and reduced opportunities to spend. Uh, and so I think that people are generally feeling optimistic about the economy. They are concerned about inflation. Uh, but I would expect that particularly as inflation slows over the course of this year and as the unemployment rate continues to decline, then we'll see a further improvement in consumer confidence and in continued strong growth in consumer spending. Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services based in Pittsburgh. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up, crypto makes its latest move into the mainstream. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Fidelian Investments is the first retirement plan to provide its clients access to Bitcoin. Let's learn more from Bill Uliveri, owner of Senecal Capital Management based in Glenview, the website SenecalCapital.com. Thanks for joining us today, Bill. Uh, you've been the uh, cryptocurrency evangelist on this program for the last uh, couple of years. Uh, this is not just a retirement fund management firm uh, getting into the cryptocurrency space. This is the retirement fund management firm getting into the cryptocurrency space. This is huge news for cryptocurrency and for, for Bitcoin, Rob. I mean, you, you, you know, if you were a uh, if you had a self-directed IRA or a 401k, any kind of account at Fidelity or, you know, other custodians, you could buy um, different kind of Bitcoin products and the ETFs that are currently uh, available. But this is huge news because from my perspective, this is like the Fidelity net benefits. This is the 401k side that employers offer 401ks to their employees. And I'm telling you, Rob, I almost fell off my chair this morning when I saw that employers could potentially put a ceiling of up to 20% maximum contribution into Bitcoin. I'm like 20%. I, I recommend like three to five percent for my clients, and that's what we're doing, you know, on our side. But to be able to invest twenty percent of your monthly, uh, you know, contributions into Bitcoin, this is huge. And, and I'll tell you one more thing that I think is really big about this, Rob, and that is from in the United States, we do not have a spot physical Bitcoin ETF. It's all derivatives. It's the closed end fund from Grayscale. Uh, it's the futures contract, you know, with the mercantile. But but Fidelity has these physical spot B, uh, ETFs. Um, actually, it's an ETP, an exchange traded product, in Toronto, Switzerland, in Germany. So, from my perspective, this is one step closer to the United States adopting a physical spot Bitcoin exchange traded product, and this is going to be huge. I'm just sorry that the United States is not first. And that everybody else is, but I guess that's just how the regulatory environment works. It's still a very volatile asset, and uh, if you were to include cryptocurrency in your retirement portfolio, uh, what level of investing skill and savvy should you have before you even approach that particular asset? Well, Bitcoin is volatile, but have you seen Tesla today? <laughs> I mean, these growth stocks in technology companies are always volatile. So let me just say this. 
I have a very extensive database and this modeling program to say, how much extra additional risk does a 60-40 portfolio take on or a 70-30 portfolio? If we just take 5% out and add Bitcoin, and honestly, you can't even hardly see an uptick to the risk um, per metrics, right? So it, while Bitcoin internalized, right? I mean, we, we look at it by itself, it's standalone. Yes, it is volatile, right? It's down 10% this year with, you know, PayPal down 50. But anyhow, I'm just saying that if you look at it in terms of a holistic portfolio, stocks, bonds, emerging markets, international, a little commodity, and a three, five percent to Bitcoin, you, it doesn't even make, it doesn't even cause an, an uptick in your risk, yet creates an incredible amount of potential uh, profit down the road. Because again, Bitcoin year to, year to date down 10%, but historically it's up 100% annualized since 2010. So there's that. Bill Uliveri, owner of Senecal Capital Management in Glenview. Thanks for the insight this afternoon. The website, SenecalCapital.com. Coming up next, the potential impact of Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Elon Musk is set to acquire Twitter at a deal valued around $45 billion. Let's welcome in Tom Lason, media analyst based in Seattle, who is on Twitter at Tom Lason. Tom, thanks for joining us today. The fact that this deal has taken up so much oxygen uh, in the media and tech space in the last 24 hours uh, just goes to show you the amount of influence Twitter has as a social media application amongst those who are in the media or politics space. But when it comes to uh, monetizing those uh, influential users, Elon Musk's challenge sounds like uh, getting it to uh, punch above its weight. Oh, it's a monumental task. You know, the influencers, advertisers really want are on YouTube, Insta, and TikTok. And you said exactly in your follow-up statement what I was going to mention. You said how much oxygen and how much attention it's garnered in the media and tech space. And in my mind, that's the only place it really garners a lot of tech 
Um, a lot of attention is in the media and tech spaces. It's an echo chamber. There's no doubt about it. All of us in the media want to see what everybody else in the media is saying and what the agencies are saying. And is it great in breaking news sometimes? Yes, it is. Is it a 43 or a $45 billion treasure trove of interesting people, users, and tweets? Um, I'm not so sure. And maybe this is finally an excuse just to bail for a lot of people, too. And, and the challenge that uh, Musk faces, and it seems like the initial analysis is that uh, certain people who lost their accounts, for example, the former president, uh, might get them all back. But Twitter's problem is that their user growth is really slowing down and that the number of, of users who actually utilize the service on a daily basis is an infinitesimal number compared to the number of accounts that actually exist. And so any, any attempt that could change people away uh, would make this deal very unpleasant for Elon Musk. Absolutely. I doubt we'll ever see the financials again if this company goes private. It's a toxic cesspool. Nobody, I don't think anybody really likes Twitter, at least not normal people. Um, you know, it's another, it's another attempt by an oligarch to quote unquote reinvent the media. Well, you know, the kids have done a horrible job of this. Social media has destroyed democracy in many ways, civility, mental health, and taste. Every crackpot has a platform, and Twitter, Twitter was among the worst. Um, so you get into this worst-case scenario where we're going to get ready for some new experiments again with things like live murders and online crime and hate that might make QAnon conspiracies seem, you know, fairly tame. It's, it's a, it may become a frat boy's libertarian dream. And in that case, you know, what happens to revenue? What happens to advertising? Does Musk have some good ideas about an edit button and algorithm transparency and authentication and killing the dissent bots? Yes, he does. But is that going to be enough to make it a thing? Uh, the jury's out, and my sense is that I doubt it. And the other question is, uh, if you're Elon Musk and the choice is building a city on Mars or dealing with content moderation questions, do you just go to the Red Planet? Yeah, and maybe he'll take Twitter to Mars, which might actually be the best case scenario. Um, so, yeah, so content moderation has proven to be a huge challenge for these quote unquote new media types um, because it, it is daunting. Um, you can't please everybody anytime, um, forget about all the time. And, it, and it's, it's a huge problem. It takes immense, immense attention, some touch, some experience. Um, and people who understand the pitfalls of it, and I would say across this industry, across social media, they have proven themselves time and time again to be unable to effectively do it, and this will probably be no exception. Tom Lason, media analyst based in Seattle, Washington. He's on Twitter, and you can tell he loves it, at Tom Lason. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, air carriers and cruise lines in comeback mode. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.5. Point nine FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Vice President Kamala Harris has tested positive for COVID-19. More to come in a special report from CBS News. In Travel Tuesday, air carriers and cruise lines ramp up as more and more people are again taking trips. And it's spring home buying season. We'll get help with the basics of the business. WBBM business. The markets are lower. The Dow is down 630. 
55 points. The NASDAQ is down 419. The S&P 500 is down 93. AccuWeather says clouds breaking for sunshine. Breezy and chilly today. A high near 50. Wind chills in the 30s. 42 degrees right now at 1231. CBS News Special Report. Vice President Kamala Harris has tested positive for COVID. CBS News correspondent Nancy Chen has the latest from the White House. We are told she is not experiencing symptoms and that President Biden is not being considered a close contact right now. And officials say that she will follow CDC guidelines. She will isolate and continue to work from the vice president's residence. And we're being told that she will return to the White House only when she tests negative. Harris is vaccinated and boosted. She just returned to Washington yesterday from a week-long trip to the West Coast. Dr. Jerry Abraham runs vaccine programs at Kedron Health in L.A. Letting our guard completely down, for example, completely removing all of our mask restrictions may not be the best approach. And this is clearly a case in point that people are still catching COVID. COVID cases are rising again across the country. The dominant strain is Omicron subvariant BA2. CBS News Special Report. I'm Monica Rick. It's 1232. Markets are in the red this afternoon. We're joined by Chris Johnson, market strategist with the Johnson Research Group in Cincinnati, Ohio. Chris, thanks for joining us this afternoon. About 24 hours ago, there were the seeds of a rally uh, showing up in the three major indices, but it looks like uh, investors uh, just don't have it in them today, and uh, they're, they're seeking shelter wherever they can. Yeah, Rob. Yesterday was a little bit of, as you said, a little bit of silver, silver lining, maybe. It goes back to Friday. We saw one of those crescendo in pessimism moments. A VIX spike, the equity put call ratio, and the SIBO spike. So all these things started to come into play as maybe we're seeing that fear that we need to draw a bottom coming into the market. But I think that what we're actually seeing is a market moving into an acceptance phase that we truly are entering a bear market instead of just that short-term bottom. And when it comes to uh, uh, you know earnings, corporate earnings coming out uh, this mm-hmm. week, uh, there there aren't there isn't much in the way of, of showstoppers. In fact, you have a lot of companies, uh, Coke and Pepsi, that have uh, beat analysts' expectations. Uh, indications that uh, consumers are still willing to spend despite the inflation. Um, is it strictly a fear of inflation-based uh, sell-off here, or is it also some uh, uh, treading of water before the uh, tech giant? Giants uh, post their first quarter results. I think you just nailed it there. The tech giants posting their first quarter results. When we look back, the end of the year, we saw the Nasdaq 100 really leading the way in terms of the market. And let's face it, the Nasdaq 100 of the cubes, as they're referred to, have really done all the heavy lifting for the last two years. As a result, that is the most crowded trade in the market right now. Energy, for all it's done for this year, so far year to date, it's still not as crowded as we saw names like Microsoft, Intel, NVIDIA, um, you know, the big names. So what you're seeing is investors getting a little bit frightened as we face down those earnings at the second half of this week and into next week. This is going to be a choppy couple of weeks here if we don't get some really blockbuster resorts resorts, excuse me, results. What I'm really looking at is Microsoft here because last quarter they had a good quarter uh, and the market did not reward them. If we see more of the same, I think you're going to see that trickle down effect for the rest of the uh, the tech heavy NASDAQ 100. 
this is really kind of a catch-22 type of situation for investors because uh, when when interest rates go up, uh, those get, you get out of value stocks and go into take a more defensive position. But inflation is also at a at a forty-year high, so that defensive position doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, in the words of uh, the Rolling Stones, uh, investors are saying, uh, "Give me shelter." <laughs> exactly. The only place that has happened in, is in commodities right now. If you look at the commodity sector, uh, gold and silver included, that is where you found the safe harbor for the first quarter of this year. Now we're seeing a little bit of an erosion there as well as inflation worries are kind of leading to global economic slowdowns. Just refer back to that old thing of the economic cycle here. It usually starts with uh, a top in the bond market and then carries over to the stocks. And then the last thing to come down are commodities. Right now, I think you still have a safe harbor trade with some of those commodity trades. Outside of that, investors don't know where to go because if you put money into cash, you're, as they say, losing money safely. So you've got it. A defense is a good offense right now in this market. And trying not to catch the falling knife is probably the best thing that you can do for your portfolio. If the uh, if inflation is uh, the the major concern uh, in all sectors of the economy, from central bankers to investors to uh, corporate CFOs trying to uh, plot strategy for the rest of the year, do you want the economy to slow down just a little bit? I mean, according to the IMF estimates, um, first quarter GDP in the U.S. is around you know three point seven percent, which in the old days you're doing the dance of joy, but uh, that's now being portrayed as a slowdown. Correct. I think you just nailed it. You, There are two ways to go with this, Rob. You can either have the slowdown that is not a tap of the brakes, but just kind of a gentle glide. You know, you take your foot off the gas maybe, and then you, you worry about we need to keep uh, the growth side of the equation strong. The other side of this that you can get is a quick, quick correction to inflation. And what we've seen the FOMC do over the last couple of weeks is pivot a bit and say that they're open to that. It started with Bullard uh, about 10 days ago, telling us that three quarters of a percent isn't off the table. And then it followed up last week with uh, Jerome Powell signaling that they're going to get a little more aggressive. That is the harder tap on the brakes for the economy. It falls down to where you know, choose your poison right now, but we're going to have to go through a little bit of pain here. It's either going to be long, prolonged pain uh, with the risk of stagflation, quite honestly, or perhaps we see the Fed actually get out there and get very aggressive and it causes another 20% decline, maybe even 25 to 30% decline in the markets. But I think we find a bottom and it helps the economy start to turn around. You've got to look at Europe and how we're seeing slowdowns there. The dollar strength here is telling you that this is something that is truly global, um, how we've seen the dollar shoot up in the last couple of weeks. It's going to be a very tepid couple of months here. Chris Johnson, market strategist with the Johnson Research Group based in Cincinnati, Ohio. Coming up next in Travel Tuesday, demand for airlines and cruise ships is on the rise. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Travel Tuesday. Airplanes and cruise ships are filling up, presenting a challenge for companies that had to downsize operations during the pandemic. Let's get an update from Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors based in Scottsdale, the website TravelBTA.com. Angie, thank you for joining us today. I know the plural of uh, anecdote is not data, but uh, I just got back from a uh, Disney cruise on Saturday afternoon, and I can tell you all about the uh, the travel 
airspace right now, uh, starting with the Orlando International Airport on Saturday afternoon. And based on that, the crowds around the uh, southwest gates at MCO, the travel industry is back, and there's no question about it. It's back in full force, and you're right, airport traffic is a zoo, so you do have to arrive quite early just to kind of buy yourself some time. And then uh, on on the cruise side of things, uh, we left from Port Canaveral, and it was bustling. Uh, you know, we were on the Disney Fantasy. We left. Uh, there were several carnival ships that were docked. There was a uh, uh, Royal Caribbean, Norwegian. Uh, so the cruise lines are uh, up and running. They have their ships uh, out and available, and they're running itineraries once again. Um, our ship was about half full. Uh, we had about 2,000 passengers. Uh, that particular vessel can get four. But based on uh, the numbers that uh, Carnival was uh, posting not too long ago, just about the uh, the pace of bookings, uh, the notion of having a lot of space on a cruise ship because they're half full, uh, that's going to go by the boards pretty soon. Yeah, so it's very advantageous to try to get those cruise itineraries, you know, on on your plate simply because things will go back to normal and the cruise lines will, um, you know, return to their normal occupancy levels. I know from our cruise clients, they are just ex- static about the ratio. So they're taking advantage of the cruises. You know, I have a client that's cruising Oceana in Europe, and she said, I've never enjoyed my itinerary as much because it's just, it's so private. It's like being in a boutique hotel. And some, you know, obviously cruise lines focus on that, um, and they have lower ratios. So if that's important to you, there are cruise lines that have lower ratios um, across the board. So, you know, you want to look for those options. And then what are some of the choke points, though, uh, in the travel space right now? Because uh, you have airlines that uh, had fleet utilization based on uh, COVID and its economic impact uh, lasting a lot longer than it has. Um, And a lot of people who may have worked at airports or worked as gate agents or worked on ramps might have found a different job uh, in 2020 and 2021. So how what's the impact of staffing shortages on the travel space, whether it's at the airport, whether it's on a boat or at a hotel? I think scarcity is a concern and the proper amount of staffing, especially if you're experiencing, you know, an expensive trip from the standpoint of your investment, your airfare, your hotels, you want to just be conscientious that the service level might necessarily be at par, especially for larger um, outlets, the bigger the hotel, the capacity and the amount of traffic in and out. I mean, if they don't have the staffing, it's going to be problematic. So I'm leaning towards more boutique properties, smaller venues, more ma and pa. And I think you're going to see that the service in those smaller um, venues are going to be more value added. And I think one thing to really be considerate of is the fact that if you have not booked your tours and your activities or you're not booking those activities through a vetted supplier, there should be concern because a lot of our tour companies, just this week, my Portugal um, tour company, my very, very special supplier in Paris said, we're done. We don't have any more guides or drivers for summer. We cannot take on new bookings. And so be really mindful. And I'd also recommend people, if you've made reservations online, to try to reach out and confirm with the hotel directly, as well as with the tour companies, for peace of mind to make sure that there's no issues upon arrival, because that can happen where a hotel can be in a sold-out situation. And 
if you're checking in late, you might not have a room waiting if you don't confirm that ahead of time. Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors in Scottsdale, the website travelbta.com. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The competition is fierce as home buyers conduct their spring searches. Let's get some help from Brian Wickard, president and owner of Accudet Mortgage, based in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Proud advertiser on WBBM. Brian, thanks for joining us this afternoon. You hear these stories about uh, double-digit increases in uh, the value of homes, low inventory, high mortgage rates, uh, higher prices than you would have paid before. And if you're getting into the housing market, uh, you'd want to kind of run away screaming. Is that a good idea or can actually buy a home in this environment? You can actually buy a home in this environment, but it is not for the faint or timid. Uh, Let me just give you one nugget I I, uh, found online. In March of 2019, in the state of Illinois, there were 34 homes for sale. 34,000. 34,000 homes for sale. I was going to say, that's that's a big inventory shortage right there. Yeah, yeah. you got a lot to choose from. 34,000. This March, 12,600. That's how bad inventory is right now. And so you can expect to have multiple offers. And if you're going to be a successful buyer, you have to put on the eyeglasses of the seller. What does the seller really want? They'd like a cash offer, over asking, with no appraisal contingency, no inspection contingency, and closing whatever they want. Well, most buyers can't fit that bill. So what our job is at Acunet, we like to work with the um, agent that the uh, buyer is using for their home search, is let's have a strategy call because one way to get closer to that, and this is going to sound crazy when I say it, is but to give that seller what we call appraisal wiggle room. That's where you take a look at a house that's listed for, let's say, $310,000. And you, sit, you write your offer and you have your financing lined up so that it says, I'm going to pay you 325. I'm going to pay you 15 grand over asking and I will still pay the 325 even if it appraises as low as 310. That's appraisal wiggle room. Most people don't want to do that, right? Who in their right mind would want to overpay for a house? But here's the kicker. In many cases, I just ran the numbers for a particular borrower. No more money out of pocket and only a payment difference of $32 a month. So if that's the difference between getting your offer accepted versus the next person, a lot of people will take that, but they don't know the numbers. They're afraid. And very quickly, Brian, if if you're buying right now, which is arguably at or near the top of the market, should you be concerned about potentially being underwater in a couple of years, or is, is that even a rational concern? It's an emotional concern because remember what I just told you, there's only 12,600 homes on the market right now. The inventory is so low compared to demand that most forecasters see at least another 6% increase in home values a year from now. So all we're talking about is maybe paying next year's price for your home today. Otherwise, you're not going to get your offer accepted. Uh, If you have a long enough time horizon as well, let's say five or 10 years, you're probably going to be just fine. Brian Wickard, president and owner, Accident Mortgage, based in Waukesha. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.